0: Aloha, you're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. I'm your host, Chad Ford. And today, we're going to cover Big Board 4.0. And for the first time since I've been doing these podcasts, I actually released this on my new newsletter, mbabigboard.com. If you go to NBAbigboard.com you can find all big boards, uh, player evaluations. All of my podcasts will be there as well. This is a new initiative that I'm working uh, on with Substack. And if you give us your email, we'll actually email you. That Those big boards, those podcasts, everything right when it comes, it'll drop right into your inbox, which I think is, is really cool. This has been a project that I've been working on now for several months. Uh, I actually started as an independent uh, publisher and broadcaster with sportstalk.com back in the day. ESPN bought our, our website and I came over to ESPN in 2001. And I, I really enjoyed that time. I really enjoyed being able to do my own thing and, and be my own editor and uh, and and do what I wanted to do with the NBA draft and covering the NBA and, and Substack offered a great opportunity for me to come back and and do that again. I'm actually bringing back uh, my old editor uh, at ESPN, Royce Webb as well. We're going to continue to do the podcast. There'll be a podcast every week, sometimes multiple podcasts a week. That will all be free. And, and the the newsletter will be free for the entire uh, month of April. So uh, no obligation. You don't have to put in a credit card, just put in your email address uh, when you go to www.mbabigboard.com and you'll be able to read and access everything. And then starting in May, uh, much of the content, not all of it, but a lot of the content will uh, become subscription. It's $7 a month or $70 a year. Uh, that's going to help uh, compensate me for my time and the work and energy and, and money that I'm going to be putting in uh, to this. And I know that many of you have been longtime listeners and longtime followers, and I really hope you at least go check it out. Www. MBABigboard.com and check out BigBoard 4.0, which I'm going to talk about uh, today uh, on our podcast. And uh, I, I want I to do some highlights from the from the big board uh, today. Uh, we've talked about a lot of the top guys. Uh, I'll just start by saying that the top five guys in the draft have remained in exactly the same order that they were in Big Board Uh, 3.0. Nothing about the NCAA tournament really changed things. Kate Cunningham is one. Evan Mobley is two. Jalen Suggs is three. Jalen Green out of the G League is four. And Kaminga is five. And, you know, of that group, obviously Jalen Suggs had the big, tournament uh, he had that huge half court shot uh, over ucla to get the zags into the championship game uh, he also had some other really spectacular plays including a sequence against ucla where he uh, makes a block grabs his own block, darts down the floor throws a half court pass to to a streaking drew Time uh, for a layup just that I think sort of encapsulated what we get out of Suggs, the toughness, the, the it factor that I like to call it, uh, that a lot of NBA general managers, when they talk about Suggs, they talk about this leadership, this quality, this presence that he has on the floor. With all of that said, and, and as great as he was in the tournament, I, I still think Cape Cunningham is the guy that is most likely to hear his name called first, on draft night. He had a subpar tournament, I think, by his standards, but I still think his size at his position and the completeness of his game has him at number one. And then Evan Mobley, who actually, I think, had a really nice tournament um, as well. Just the seven-footer versatility, his ability to defend multiple positions, but also his ability to score in, in multiple ways, I think are going to Likely put him above Jalen Suggs. Now, this is a really good draft, and you know Jalen Green and and Jonathan Kaminga. They were in the G League. They didn't get a play in the tournament. I don't think it really hurts hurt their stock. They're in exactly the same place that I had before the tournament, but they weren't able to help their stock maybe the way uh, that a Mobley or a Suggs was. And so the top five stays the same. I think it's gonna be this top five. I'm not sure that it will be this order. We'll have to see what happens when uh, the lottery happens and we see which teams are picking where, there there could be a little bit of variation here. But I'm pretty confident that we're going to see these first guys, these five guys off the board as the first five picks in the draft. And I'm also pretty confident that you'll see uh, Cade Cunningham in that number one uh, position. I mean, I'll, I'll reserve that until I see who who actually gets the number one pick, but I think just in talking to NBA teams and scouts, that's most likely uh, who's going to be at number one. Things start to shake up on my big board at six, and I want to talk about Davian Mitchell uh, for a minute. Tony Jones and I have been talking about him, if you've been listening to the March Madness uh, podcast that we've been doing We've really been talking about him for several months, and so it's not like Davian Mitchell went from like a second-round pick to a lottery pick. I I, we, I had him at 18 on Big Board 3.0 uh, before uh, the NCAA tournament started, but moving him to six, which he is on this big board, is is a big jump. And uh, in talking to NBA teams, I think two things convinced me to move him to six. The first was how many general managers and And ultimately, they're the decision makers. Confessed to me over the last couple of days, all right, this was the guy that i that I liked all along. This was the guy that we had pegged uh, early, but now he's moving out of that range of the you know the second half of the first round. It was actually so many of them that were talking about, how high they thought he should actually go in the draft—that was very convincing to me about where where he should go. And then the second thing is, everybody else that we're going to talk about now, and until we get to like maybe like Corey Kispert, are are, are significant projects. There's significant weak weaknesses in their games that are. to mean that their their floors can be a little bit scary depending on which prospect we're going to talk about but some of them have significant gaps between what their potential is and what their actual output is right now and so you're gambling a bit as a general manager whereas mitchell on the other hand I think there's very little risk involved with him. He is going to be an elite defender in the NBA. I haven't talked to an NBA team or scout that doesn't think that. He's the best defender in college basketball. He's going to be able to defend multiple positions because of his strength and his athleticism. Uh, I think he'll be able to defend the one and two. And so one thing you'd like know out of the gate is that you've got the best defender in the draft, uh, at least the best perimeter defender in the draft. And then the second thing is I, I think he's really shown that offensively uh, he can get to the basket – Uh, He can finish at the basket. Um, He shot the ball really, really well from three this year, even though I think there's some questions about how much of that jump shot will translate to the next level. And certainly his free free throw shooting is a little bit of a red flag. And well, I think scouts questioned what sort of point guard he was, I, I think that he proved in this tournament that he was the engine that made Baylor run. As as talented as that team was and as many things as they had going for them, it was really a Davian Mitchell who everything changed when he was in the game versus when he was out of the game. And so you take all of that together and you're talking about after those top five guys, I think the guy that is the surest thing um, in this draft. May, does he have the the ceiling of maybe you know a Franz Wagner or a Keon Johnson or a Scotty Barnes? M- maybe not, but I think his ceiling is pretty high and his floor is high enough that I, I just think that you're going to see that people are going to learn the, their lesson from when uh, his twin, uh, um, Donovan Mitchell, wasn't drafted as high as clearly he should have been drafted in the draft, that they're going to take a chance on Mitchell. And again, draft order will play a role uh, given his position. He might not be a fit on every team, but I I think that right now he's the sixth best prospect in this draft. I, I actually feel very confident about that. I don't think this is a recency bias issue or the fact that Baylor won the NCAA tournament. I think it's much more about when you see all of these prospects playing uh, at, together and and see them on the floor in these high sticks high stick situations. It just starts to become clearer about guys' potential and where they're going to be. And I, I think the interesting thing is that you know Mitchell at 22. That's maybe the biggest knock against him but there's still potential there. He's still continuing to improve and grow. Uh, I love him as a prospect per- personally. I, I if, if it was just my personal board, he would be at six as well. Uh, but I actually think that that's consensus where he's, he's going to top out and is already topping out there. At seven was Franz Wagner, uh, who I, I think actually had a pretty nice tournament until that horrid final game against UCLA. You know, he's another guy that you know, you can point out the fact that he doesn't score a lot of points, that he is not particularly aggressive on the offensive end, that his usage rate is really low. But then when you look at all the other things that he does on the defensive end, uh, his ability to get steals and blocks, to guard, maybe three positions on the floor, um, the height. Great feel for the game that Wagner has, his ability to pass the basketball, his ability to bring the basketball up the floor, his ability to shoot the basketball. Even if he did go one for eleven from the field against UCLA and missed those two big threes, he's more advanced offensively and defensively than the other the other players that are sort of in this cohort. Whether you're talking about Keon Johnson, Scotty Barnes, Kai Jones, um, whatever, Wagner is is more advanced and he's only 19 and a half years old uh, right now. He's the same age as Suggs. He's the same age as, as Evan Mobley's the same, same age as Cade Cunningham, even though he has another year under his belt and, and the, those years uh, playing in Germany as well. I just don't think that rangy versatile 2 way wings come along every day. And I think that that's ultimately why he ends up being, A top 10 pick. He's number seven on my board. I think he'll stay there. If there's anybody that's going to give those two guys, in my opinion, a run for the money, it's going to be number eight on our board, Keon Johnson. He was six in big board 3.0. I dropped him a couple of spots. But this is a very, in in my opinion, six, seven, and eight might be the sort of tight battle um, between these three prospects. Johnson has the most athletic upside of the, these three, and that's going to be really intriguing to NBA teams. He also is the youngest of those prospects uh, that we're looking at as well, just turned 19 years old. He already looks like he's going to be an, an, an elite defender. He needs to get a little bit stronger, but given his athleticism and given how how he gets after it and his motor on the defensive end, I, I think he's he's clear where he projects there. I think the question is about where he projects um, offensively, namely shooting and ball handling, and where he goes with that next is where you bet on Keon Johnson. Do you bet that he gets there? If he does, then I think you can make an argument for him at six. Uh, if he's going to be Isaac Okoro uh, and be great on the defensive end, but still very shaky on the on the offensive end, then I think he drops a few spots uh, in the draft. Uh, his draft range 6-14, to 14. Uh, but I, I think that as I'm looking at it right now, and just you know, kind of pulling the league, six, seven, and eight, I think those can be kind of interchangeable, uh, and and all of them will, might have a claim, and workouts will be uh, key. Uh, though I can almost promise you that there's not an agent in this world that's going to want to send uh, their uh, their client to to play Davian Mitchell uh, in in a, in a workout. At nine, Scotty Barnes. You know, Barnes is like again one of these guys. He's intriguing on paper because what he does at his size, his ball handling ability, his uh, his uh, passing ability, his feel for the game. Uh, but just a super strange prospect uh, that doesn't really shoot the ball, doesn't rebound um, offensively, is is pretty limited. Uh, you're intrigued about what he brings to the table, but you know, like we look. One, we saw him and Franz Wagner, you know, head to head in this tournament, uh, and they're. They're actually the same age. Uh, so you know you can't you can't really say, well, you know Wagner's older because they're, they're the same age. And it was clear, at, at least in my mind and talking to NBA teams, that right now Wagner is the better prospect. He's much more complete offensively uh, than Barnes is. They're a similar, similar size, though the Barnes might be stronger. I think Wagner's actually a better athlete. I think he moves his feet better. Um, all of this to me, means that if you're like looking at like these versatile uh you know six nine-ish uh wing forwards you know small forwards power forwards that can handle the ball and and do lots of different things that are toolsy in that way uh, i i'm not sure how you take you select barnes ahead of wagner at 10 this is this is where things became you know a little bit more muddy um, for me. And uh, it ended up being Jalen Johnson, though there was probably about five guys that I could have put here um, at 10 uh, that are going to be in that mix, you know, for the next sort of group. You know, Johnson started the season ranked higher than this. Uh, then I think he kind of dropped off the map when he left Duke and, and uh, you know, ended up not being able to play in the tournament. I'm not sure that didn't help him in certain ways because I think you're going to see several guys, like, disappointed um uh, based off their performance in the in the tournament. And so Johnson starts to rise again is again like Scotty Barnes and Franz Wagner, this, you know, toolsy 6'9, modern forward who can handle the ball, is great in transition. Uh in, in Johnson's case, he's an excellent, excellent rebounder. And does his offense come around, that jump shot is is I think one of the bigger questions for him. Uh, there's some questions about him leaving Duke or whatever, but most of the teams I talk to aren't, don't seem incredibly concerned about that. So Johnson, we have in the, the, the eight, 8 to 15 range. When we come back, we'll do picks 11 through 20. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, be better? There is. And if you have 10 minutes, headspace can change your life. Headspace is the daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need help falling asleep? Headspace has wind down sessions that members can swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. I've been using Headspace for years personally. It helps me to focus, helps me to wind down uh, at the end of the day. It helps me keep a perspective, and that's what mindfulness is all about. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 60,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. You deserve to feel happier. And Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA. That's headspace.com slash locked on NBA for a free one month trial with access to Headspace full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal being offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash locked on NBA today. I want to talk about our new sponsor, RockAuto.com. It's a family business that's been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. And if you think about chain stores and they have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do it yourselfers, RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody. They're reliably low. They offer the lowest possible prices rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and then you choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And we're back talking 2021 NBA Big Board 4.0. You can find that big board on my new newsletter and website, www.nbabigboard.com. I just launched it this week. It's got tons of stuff on there already. It's got scouting reports. It's got our past big boards. It's got all the podcasts that we've done. We're going to keep adding uh, a, a bunch of stuff on that. We'll publish multiple times a week. And if you give us your email when you come in, will actually deliver it to your inbox. So every time that the entire article with with pictures formatted beautifully, everything will go right uh, to your inbox. So you don't have to dig around on the internet to figure out when we post it or when we have a new podcast or what have you. And it's free for the month of April. And uh, if you if you sign up now, it's gonna be totally free access to everything. And then and then starting in May, uh, this will become a, a subscription site. Uh, it's $7 a month or $70 uh, a year. I think it's going to be really worth your money. That's like a McDonald's extra value meal uh, once a month. And you're going to get tons of great stuff on the draft. They have lots of cool things planned, including big uh, uh, mock drafts, more big boards. We're going to do uh, in-depth scouting reports on the top 60 prospects in the draft. Lots of cool stuff coming, so check that out, www.mbabigboard.com. Also want to tune you in to the Locked On Today podcast. You get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Uh, host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, we did the top 10. At number 11, this is a guy that I, I want to talk about. I haven't talked a lot about him in the podcast. I, I've been skeptical about the international class all year. Uh, I'm not sure that that there was a lottery pick here. But in the last month, more and more of the international scouts that I trust have told me that they believe Josh Giddy, the wing out of Australia, who's just 18 and a half years old, he's 6'8", 205, has a real chance to be a lottery pick. Uh, in, in fact, a couple of the scouts that I really trust, that really know their international stuff, are putting him uh, in the range of like six to fifteen. I put him ten to twenty here. He's eleven on the board. And one of the things that you love about him is again, and, and this has been a theme. And if you've listened to you know Franz Wagner, Scotty Barnes, that um, uh, Jalen Johnson, is he's six eight. And the best thing about him is his court vision and his in his feel for the game, uh, his ball handling ability. Uh, he gets people involved uh, and very intriguing for a player his size. He's averaging 11 points a game, 7 rebounds a game, 6.5 assists a game, and 1.2 steals a game in Australia. And lately he's really started to take off and actually improve those numbers. And so at 18 that he's playing in the professional league in Australia, And being able to put up these numbers that, you know, this is the same league that LaMelo Ball came out of uh, last year. And people weren't sure really how to gauge LaMelo Ball's performance, you know, based off Australia. And then you see him in the NBA and you're like, wow. I I think that that's something to really pay attention to, that he's doing this at this age in the Australian league is really intriguing. The question's totally going to be really around two things. His jump shot, he's only shooting 32% from three. He has been improving over the last few games, but again, that's kind of a small sample size. We're gonna wanna feel that out more. Only 41% from the field, which gives you some like Ricky Rubio um, vibes a little bit as feel for the game versus, you know, ability to score the basketball. And, and he's not an elite or explosive athlete. He moves well. He's not a bad athlete. But at 6'8", there's nothing special about him athletically, which is going to give you some question marks about who he's going to guard in the league. But again, when you know, upside is a big part of this draft. And when you're talking about a 6'8", ball handler like this... Uh, and the production that they're having already at the Australian level. I, I feel actually really confident with Josh uh, at 11 and could see him even maybe popping up a spot or two as we get closer to the draft with great workouts. At 12 is Kai Jones, uh, a another upside pick all the way. There's, there's a run. After Davian Mitchell at 6, there's a run on upside guys now, guys that have enormous nba potential but haven't gotten anywhere close to that in their college basketball careers kai jones is another one of those guys i mean you look at his numbers at texas they're middling they're they're not particularly impressive especially when you think the, about the fact that he's a sophomore that he's already 20 years old uh, but what teams love about him is the athleticism and mobility of a player his size. He can move really well his feet. Um, he's explosive athletically. He can be an effective rim protector. He can go out and guard on the perimeter. And he's shown progress. And I, I think that's the right word, that he might be able to stretch the floor a little bit. Shot Ended up shooting 38% from three uh, while he was at Texas, but in a limited number of attempts. So question marks about how much of that is going to translate the next level. Everything else about Kai Jones, it's it's a bit scary. He doesn't have strength. Uh, he's below average rebounder for for his size. He struggles to stay out of uh, foul trouble. There's a real sense that he's you know struggles at times picking up schemes and things. Uh, there's. There's some James Wiseman there, um, and if you've watched Wiseman and, and see him struggle with defensive rotations and things like that uh, with the Warriors, we're we're going to see Kai Jones as a work in progress, and and just frankly, Kai Jones isn't the prospect that James Wiseman was. He doesn't have the body or, or you know athleticism or scoring prowess uh, that that Wiseman did, which is why he's more in this range of like 10 to 20. Uh, one of these big upside, potentially big downside uh, prospects. Uh, it's really interesting, you know, talking to teams about him. Everybody sees the potential, but this is like one of those guys that like you kind of hope another team takes him, uh, so that your your resume and maybe your job isn't on the line with Kai Jones. Really going to be interesting to see where he goes in the draft. At thirteen, Moses Moody. We've talked a lot about Moses Moody. I'm just going to say that he struggled uh, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, ended up only going three for seventeen behind the arc, even though that is one of his main. Uh, claims to fame is that he's going to be able to stretch the floor and shoot also just athletically looked overwhelmed especially in that Baylor game and that that the athleticism at you know his his game what was he going to be able to do athletically defensively about his ability to get past people on the offensive end those were the big question marks coming in and it wasn't a great show for him but I still think that he's a prototypical 3d wing he's got great length Uh, For his position, I think that you're going to see teams at the end err on that he's going to be a productive 3-and-D starter and or role player in the league. And that's going to keep him in the lottery. At 14 is Corey Kispert, who also drops a couple of spots. Kispert was another guy that, look, on one hand, you can argue, look, there's so much talent on Gonzaga uh with Jalen Suggs, with Drew Timmy, with Jola yayi uh, and and what they've put together, that you know, he doesn't need to be the man on the team. On the other end, he only went nine for twenty-eight from three point, which is significantly below his season average of forty forty-five percent. And and I and I think this is the part with Kispert that you know you you scratch your head um a little bit. At times he seemed a bit passive. Uh, Tony Jones talked about this in our last Final Four Stockwatch podcast, but he should have taken a lot more. Uh, He wasn't as aggressive. He looked overwhelmed at times. He looked like he faded uh, into the background, which is not the mentality that you want on a gunslinger and a a guy that's gonna really shoot the basketball. And I, I think that that has hurt Kispert a little bit, especially when he's 22 years old. He has the experience. He was the oldest player out there on the floor from Gonzaga. And it often felt like it rested on the shoulders of Suggs and Timmy. Uh, to get anything done uh, at the end of the day. I I still think that he ends up in the 10 to 20 range just because he is plug and play in the NBA, but there were some legitimate question marks and and he hurt himself. Uh, Sharif Cooper at 15, we've talked about him. uh, One of the most exciting players in the draft, just undersized questions about his shooting, a little bit reckless, but man, just an electric player at 15. Greg Brown, who has been steadily moving down the draft board and It's it's hard to keep him up in the top 10 when his role over the season continued to diminish uh, disappointing returns from him. Uh, The best athlete in this draft. He is insane. Uh, Explosive, uh, leaping ability, um, quickness, just fast twitch athlete all the way. But the basketball stuff is still a work in progress. He was playing out of position at Texas. Um, He did shoot the ball fairly well. Uh, And that's something that people will look at. Uh, His reading of the game, he averaged like, I think, not an average, I think he totaled like nine assists or 10 assists the entire season uh, for Texas. There's major work in progress. And and so, you know, he fits in the same sort of categories as Kai Jones, in my mind, um, you know, Jalen Johnson, uh, Scotty Barnes, Keon Johnson in that the potential is there for them to be great. Will they reach it? Greg Brown is maybe further away from that. But also, on the other end, athletically, he's got the most potential of any of those prospects. And so we're kind of splitting the difference here at 16 because I've had teams... That have told me he's going to be a top ten pick. Trust me, at the end of the day, it's going to be like Patrick Williams. He's just going to rise as we get close to the draft. And I have other teams that are are pretty down on him and and have him in the in the late twenties as opposed to you know top ten. So polarizing prospect, hard to pay, peg. He's at sixteen right now, but that's the thinking. And same with Isaiah Jackson at seventeen. Really, the same sort of scenario: athletic upside galore, an incredible incredible shot blocker. Major work in progress on the offensive end, though he definitely showed improvement uh, at Kentucky this year. Another guy that you're going to draft based off of upside and potential and hope that he comes around. Uh, But there's no guarantees, especially on the offensive end for Isaiah Jackson at 17. James Booknight at 18. uh, Ever since he injured his elbow in mid-February, he he struggled a little bit to score with the efficiency. I, I think he's probably the second best pure scorer in this draft behind uh, Jalen Green. But the shooting is going to be a major question mark, especially when he doesn't really have playmaking ability. He's a high turnover player. I mean, this is a score all the way. He's got to be shoot better than than 30% from three. Actually ended up in the season a little bit under that if he's going to make his way in the NBA Jared Butler at 19, another guy that's really interesting. He ended up being the most outstanding player in the Final Four and really shoots the basketball. The Fens can play both the one and the two, uh, can finish at the basket. Not a great athlete. Definitely undersized if he's a two-guard at the next level. And this is one of the ones, because we've we've gone through this sort of string of potential guys after Davian Mitchell, then we talked about Corey Kispert. and We know exactly what Corey Kispert brings to the table. And then we get to Jared Butler, who's another guy who a team drafts him because you know exactly what he's going to deliver. Uh, his upside isn't nearly as high. I'm not sure that Jared Butler Jared Butler, will, most likely will never make an all-star game in the NBA. He might end up being more of a rotation player than a starter um, at the next level. But his toughness... His feel for the game, his overall completeness as a player make him, I think, a very safe bet at, at 19 or it really anywhere in that 15 to 25 range. And then at 20, it's Jaden Springer, uh, the guard out of Tennessee freshman, uh, who's one of the youngest players in the draft. Didn't, didn't have a great NCAA tournament. They Tennessee lost in the opening round to Oregon State. Another polarizing prospect that he does a lot of things well, but does he do anything great? And he doesn't have elite size and athleticism, uh, a bit like Jared Butler, but Butler is more productive. Uh, Butler is also two years older um, than Jaden Springer, again, one of the youngest players in the draft. That's going to be the question mark about him. He actually shot the ball really well, but there's questions about whether he's going to be able to get those looks in the NBA. Um, He's at 15 to 25. When we come back, we will finish up of uh, the first round, picks 21 through 30 of NBA Big Board 4.0. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to talk to you about my favorite protein energy bar. It's Built Bar. And the thing about that I love about Built Bar is it is the most delicious bar that you're going to be able to get. It, it tastes like a candy bar. It's significantly more interesting To eat and taste than any other bar that's out there. It has a ton of of flavors. There's caramel brownie, there's cookies and cream, there's cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake is a favorite, um, carrot cake, apple almond crisp is one of my favorites. And then those those are the new flavors. And there's like 12 original flavors, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie. That's another one of my, my personal favorites, salted caramel Double chocolate, orange, toffee, almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. All of them are covered in 100% chocolate. They're not chalky or hard. They're actually soft and easy to chew. Uh, they My kids love them. I have to fight my kids to keep them away uh, from the built Bars because they, they think they're candy. And trust me, they have never wanted to eat the energy or protein bars that I've ever had before. Uh, I use them because I'm a runner. And, and I love them because they give me uh, energy and they, they have low calories, they're low sugar, uh, they're high protein, they're high fi- fiber. If you're on the keto diet, um, which some of my family members are, uh, it's, it's great as well. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built Bar. And we are back talking 2021 NBA Draft Big Board 4.0. Just updated it after March Madness is over. Before we dive into that, get more analysis on top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with Locked On NBA Draft podcasts, scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, full coverage of March Madness. Uh, Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app, wherever you get all your podcasts. You also can follow along not just on this podcast, you can follow us on Spotify. You can follow us on uh, Odyssey. You can follow us on on iTunes. But I have a new website: www.nbabigboard.com. It's it's working through Substack. It's uh, it's also what. They call it an NBA newsletter, which means if you go there and you give us your email address, we'll actually email you an article the minute that they're published. You get the whole thing. It's really nice. It it, it looks really great. The pictures are there. The formatting's there. Everything's there. You can read it on your phone or um, wherever, you, wherever you get your emails. You don't have to go over to the website uh, to get it. Uh, we're going to be doing lots of cool things over there. There's going to be player uh, player evaluations and depth scouting reports, mock drafts coming around the bend, um, write-ups on this big board, uh, 4.0, where you can actually read more about each of these prospects and, and get a better feel uh, for them and what I'm thinking about them. And there's also going to be some really cool community engagement. And we're going to do some things where people can get in conversation with me. We're going to do some live stuff. We're going to do some live Zooms. We're going to do um, some chats. I used to do those at ESPN.com all the time. and going to get back to being able to take readers' questions and things like that. It's really about creating a community I don't love Twitter. Uh, I'll be the first to I use it like a lot of people do, but I don't think it's really conducive to having like really high-level uh, basketball discussions. And so we're going to try to recreate that in, in ways that we used to at sportsdoc.com over at uh, the new website. It's www.mbabigboard.com. It's free for the month of April. There's no obligations. You don't have to put your credit card down or anything. Then starting in May, it will go to a subscription site. Not everything will be subscriber, but a a number of things will be. At $7 a month, that's the cost of a a couple of coffees at Starbucks. And and then $70 for a year, which even lowers the cost even more if you want to be a year uh, subscriber. So go over to www. Dot nbabigboard.com, uh, you'll see uh, bigboard 4.0 you can do more reading also who's who and the who's in and who's out of the NBA draft is up there that's my compilation of every player that's declared for the draft every player that says they're coming back to school people that are still in the finch with draft ranges for all of those guys that's all over there as well so let's let's finish this up we're at pick 21 cam Thomas LSU freshman who, Was huge in the NCAA tournament. 28.5 points a game uh, for LSU. Incredible score. Uh, Maybe, again, if you take Jalen Green off the board and you take James Booknight off the board, Cameron Thomas is probably your next guy on the board as just a pure score. The guy goes out and gets buckets. Teams are a little more concerned about him. Uh, He hasn't shot it particularly well from three. He doesn't have elite size or athleticism first for, uh, for his position. And he's got a lot of tunnel vision. This guy's not not playing the game to set up anybody else on the floor. And, and that that's made teams wary about him, even though he's had an incredible freshman season. There's some teams that like him a little higher than this, some a little lower, again, kind of splitting the difference with him at 21 right now. Uh, if, he, if he went 14 or 15, I wouldn't be shocked. If he ended up in late first round, I wouldn't be shocked anyway. But clearly from a scoring perspective, uh, He's got NBA game. Chris Duarte out of Oregon, one of the best players in college basketball in my opinion. I I would say he was one of the top five best players in college basketball this year. Uh, Very um, dominant player, averaged 22 points a game, six and a half assists a game, four rebounds a game, two steals a game uh, in the NCAA tournament. Can score efficiently from just about anywhere. He's tough, he's got good size for his position. It's just really he's 24 on draft night. Not even like 22 or 23, but 24, which is which is really old. Uh, there's guys that have been in the league five years uh, that are the same age as Quist Duarte, and that is a bit concerning uh, as far as you know how you project his upside. But at this point in the draft, teams may be thinking about a guy that's just going to be able to come in and contribute right away, and he sort of fits the, the, the Jared Butler um, category here. One of the toughest guys for me to peg is is Zaire Williams at 23, the wing out of Stanford, who was a preseason top 10 guy, just didn't get it done this year, really struggled, has a body that I think is very, very problematic for the NBA, Uh, was shaky as a jump shooter as well, a toolsy guy that just doesn't really have the physical ability to to use those tools yet. It'll be really interesting to see where he lands because there's a, a few supporters that he has in the NBA that still hold him out as a lottery pick. Uh, a lot more that feel like his safer bet, sort of like Jaden McDaniels last year, is going to be much later I'm um, in the first round. He's at 23 right now. But just honestly, a guy that's very, very difficult to peg because people love the upside, are very, very scared uh, of the floor and what happened at Stanford this, this last year and whether he's going to have the physicality Uh, to be able to get things done at the next level. Trey Mann out of Florida at 24. Had two really good performances in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Good size for his position. Um, I think that the question mark for him is going to be, is he really a point guard? Uh, If he is, he may go up a few spots in this draft. Uh, I think that he can be um, a bit wild with the ball. And I think the overall feeling about whether he's more of a two guard, in which case he's a little bit uh, lacking as far as an explosive athlete uh, uh, goes. He, his size is okay, but not great. It, the The selling point for Mann is that he's going to be a 6'5 point guard um, who has an advanced offensive game and really knows how to score the basketball. And different scouts have different sort of feels about his evolution uh, as a point guard, be dominant on the ball. And that's why he's also a guy that could go a few spots higher, or a few spots lower. I have him in the 20 to 30 range. Johnny Juzang out of UCLA. Uh, look, I know he wasn't on our radar screen or lots of NBA uh, radar screens as far as a NBA prospect this season. you got to talk about what he did in the tournament. He was a scoring machine. He saved his best uh for his last two games 28 points against michigan 29 points against gonzaga and did just everything you could possibly do to try to win this game for ucla uh he's he's got a great three point shot he's also a lethal mid-range game he actually shot 49 percent on two-point jumpers according to hoopmath.com which is which is really cool and he's not a great nba athlete um he needs to add strength uh defensively uh at best, you're going to say he's just kind of a non-factor. He's just sort of there. But you're talking about one of the smoothest, most skilled scores in this draft. And 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 frankly, I'm surprised that that a team might take a Cam Thomas over uh, Johnny Juzang, given, given the relative weaknesses that are there. Uh, he's just still coming around. I, I think teams are grappling with he's probably going to declare for the draft now. Uh, what do we do with him there? I think he ends up actually rising as we get into workouts. That's that's my guess. I think this is the bias that all of us bring to the table is what we expect at the preseason and guys that we don't expect. It's very hard to let those guys in, and it's very hard to drop some of the guys that we expected to be really good um, when they don't pan out the way that they pan out. Those, those preconceived notions right when we come in about who players are is really, really tough to shake. I think Juzang is going to be a first-round prospect. I think he might end up being in late teens or early 20s by the time this is all over. But out of fairness to sort of where he sits now for teams, the 20 to 35 to maybe even 40 range is where you're going to see it uh, scattered across the um, league. Alpern and Singham, uh, the big center out of Turkey. Who is only 18 and a half years old as well? Who is just absolutely dominating Turkey for, uh, you know, a player his age? The numbers are just ridiculous. What he's been able to do, and that that normally plays well. That's a really good league, and it, it should tell us something. But man, there's major question marks about how his game is going to translate the next level. He thrives in the paint. He finishes at the rim, but he's sort of a below the rim uh, player. He doesn't have elite size for his position. He's only 6'9". 9 doesn't have elite length. Um, he doesn't actually stretch the floor or shoot the basketball particularly well. He's not explosive. He's an old school guy that has just been super productive in the paint uh, for Turkey. And modern bigs just don't play like that in the NBA. And so some of the NBA scouts that I really trust, they're, they're pretty skeptical about where he ultimately ends up being drafted. I think you can ignore... Uh, The production, which is while he's sitting here, kind of in the late first round. Uh, But based off of what we've seen about other prospects doing, he's going to have to develop a a perimeter game and and improve that athleticism, I think, if he's going to ultimately stick in the league. Marcus Bagley, out of Arizona State, uh, the freshman uh, forward is at 27. He's the younger brother of uh, Kings Marvin Bagley Jr. We've talked about him. Didn't get a play in the tournament. Uh, But uh, another guy that Maybe should be ranked a little bit higher considering that he's a he's a pretty good athlete. Um, yeah, I think he's good offensively. Actually, much more than Singen fits the role of a modern NBA big. At 28, it's Matthew Mayer. I know this is controversial, at that He's here at 28, considering that he's never started a game in his college career, uh, was averaging like 16, 17 minutes a game for Baylor, is instant offense off the bench at 6'9", can really shoot the basketball, has great range, has a great motor, is bouncy, moves his feet well, um, is very active uh, defensively, is a good rebounder. Uh, and how do you reconcile those things? The fact that he doesn't start, he doesn't play a lot of minutes versus his permanent numbers at Baylor, which are just awesome, and that... Unlike Sengun, Mayer's game is tailor-made fit for the NBA and what NBA teams are looking for. I think at the end of the day, this is another guy who wasn't on the radar screen early, but his teams think about him and how he fits. He ends up as a first-round prospect. I've got him 20 to 35. He sits at 28 on a board. I, I I still personally like him as a prospect. At 29, Usman Garuba, a guy who's getting again great minutes uh in in spain plays for real madrid uh, which is one of the top teams in europe doesn't put up great numbers a bit undersized for his position uh but the motor the athleticism uh, the toughness teams like that about him just very 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 raw offensively right now they love the minutes that he's getting the exposure he's getting real madrid and if he can hang on the floor there there's there's probably a role for him in the nba but um a major, major work in progress on the offensive end, and the thirty-day Ron Sharp, uh, North Carolina freshman big guy who has good size, length, motor, um, is everywhere on the court, does a little bit of everything, um, has, you know, has a pretty well-rounded game, doesn't have the foot speed or the explosiveness athletically that you would like. Uh, In a player and isn't necessarily going to be a guy that's going to stretch the floor for you either. Just a really high energy guy um, that may make his living in the NBA. Coming off the bench, he ends up at 30 with a draft range of like 25 uh, to 40. So that's our top 30. Again, you can go to www.nbabigboard.com and you can read all of this and and take a deeper look. You can also see our scouting reports. You can also check out who's in and who's out of the nba draft and our list that's going on there you'll see all of our podcasts there if you give us our your email we'll go into your inbox and next week we'll come back with big board 4.0 part 2 picks 31 through 60 and we'll just get a deeper dive all the way into the second round including the first five to ten guys that could ultimately replace some of these guys that we're talking about today in the late first round you've been listening to chad ford's nba big board on the locked on podcast network aloha